Hi. Welcome back again. Take a seat. Lig the ski. Relax a little bit. Thanks for stopping by. Um, before I get into the run of things, I have a few announcements. Uh, first of all, let me just say a big thank you to all of you for the lovely feedback and support that you've been sending in through my personal Insta and the podcast Instagram. Uh, it really has been super nice and supportive. First episode released after a lot of trials and plenty of errors, so it was really nice to get the positivity that came through. So, big thank you. Second announcement is an update on how things are going to shift gears a little bit. Um, some of you let me know that you listened to a portion of the last episode and became conscious of spoilers. And to be honest, in the future, if I'm talking about movies that nobody has had a chance to watch, there's just no point in that system continuing because many of you won't appreciate it. So here's how it's going to work out. From this episode going forward, what I'll do is I will choose a movie either by myself or with your suggestions, uh, some of which have already begun to stack up a little bit. Uh, but from here on out, I'm going to use a movie as a diving board to explore a wider topic. So for this example, I'm going to use the movie Her to discuss the new reality of artificial intelligence becoming a new outlet for loneliness and in particular love. I'll give you a little bit of the background to the movie, what it's about as like a, a quick snap introduction. And then I'm going to discuss the implications of its meaning for us all in the real world. Right? Okay. So slight change, but hey, it's still me, it's still going to be movie oriented. I'm just not going to go into um, painstaking detail or as much. I'm going to link it more to real life. So that's exciting and very unique, I feel, as a podcast idea, because it's one thing to hear a movie review and it's another thing to hear ways in which it can become real or reflect um, portions of society and even the human mind. So can't wait to get into more of that. Third update, um, as I mentioned before, this is really a lot more complicated than it sounds and there's a small chance that at some point in the future this podcast may actually get removed. Tiny chance of that happening. The reason is that when you upload a podcast to Spotify, there's actually a secondary website that receives it first. I, I'm not going to bore you with the details, but the website I use is quite popular. But before I started doing things this way, I wanted to be specifically a horror movie podcast. But I realized that obviously that's going to be a little bit too niche and not everybody likes horror movies. So I changed the name, I changed everything without realizing that it could mess things up. And as a result, uh, episodes take a lot longer to go up. Uh, I'm getting almost zero analytics. <laughs> so I, I, I actually can't quantify this podcast's success in numbers. Um, I can in responses. And look here, the silver lining is that I can't physically become one of these obsessed podcasters who fret about numbers and who come after their friends and family demanding like, oh, why didn't you listen to my recent episode? But keep all that in mind. I'm, I'm very bad at this, but I still love movies. And with the new way of doing things, there won't be spoilers. And there's going to be a lot more universal, interesting, introspective discussion. So yeah, without further ado, let's get into her.
Okay, yeah, that sounded a bit weird. <laughs> Let's get into her. Uh, okay, I've only just scratched the surface, though, of how weird we're going to get today with this movie. Uh, if you haven't seen it, her is a movie starring Joaquin Phoenix, or Jokin Phoenix, as I used to call him, and Scarlett Johansson, or Johansson, whatever. That was made in 2013. It's set in the future, well, a not-so-distant future, give or take 20 years from today, thereabouts. And in this future, humans have figured out AI, or artificial intelligence. They've managed to create a sentient computer program that can sound like a human, talk like a human, uh, and it follows you in your earphones and keeps the lonely people of this new world company. Now, I'm fascinated by AI. When I was younger in primary school, the first basic human chatbot had come out online and me and my friends used to mess with this really rudimentary piece of JavaScript or whatever. Uh, the conversations were very basic. You just type, what is your name? And it would say, yes, thank you. And us kids would think, oh, that's hilarious. But in the future, AI is just as intelligent as humans are. So the story follows Joaquin Phoenix, who plays Theodore, or Ted for short, who lives a very, very dull, lonely life. So in a fit of curiosity, he buys this little AI disc thingy that speaks to him through a set of earphones. This program is called Sam, played by Scarlett Johansson, and she, or it, I don't, I don't know, we'll call it, I'll, I'll mix and match between she and it, um, is an audio form, so we can't see this lady or this thing, this program, but we can hear her. And at first, Ted has a lot of trouble getting used to this, as you can imagine, because it would feel weird, you'd feel self-conscious, but that doesn't last long with him because Sam, being programmed in a certain way, is great company, she's fun, she's all the same interests Ted has, and within a really short time, they actually become very close friends and companions. He takes her shopping, they go around the city together and have a grand old time. Now, I have to stress, she's not a machine. She's not, there's no physical form to Sam. She's just a voice coming out of a set of earphones. Most of you would think this is weird. Um, you'd think that you wouldn't be caught dead talking to a robo-android AI machine voice thing. But hey, speak for yourself. The, uh, this is funny, but the other day I was in Tesco using the self-scanner machines and when it said, thank you for shopping at Tesco, I actually said thank you back, <laughs> which is a small slip on my, like, on my part, but, you know, it's not weird because it's, I didn't stand there for five minutes saying, oh, don't mention it, you guys are such good workers, in fact, I think it's time you got a raise. If I saw somebody doing that, I would just, I would walk up to them, I'd be like, Hey, are you okay? You're running a fever or something? But the difference in the case of her, the movie Sam, is that this AI can hold meaningful conversation. It's not just something scanning a few groceries and tossing out pre-programmed phrases. It doesn't judge Ted. It listens to Ted. It, uh, it talks back to him in the context of the conversation. It has the same interests as him. You know, think about your own friends. How many friends have you got that would seriously be available 24-7, 365, share your hobbies, do things that you want to do, 
and not ever change. You know, that, that sort of relationship, it doesn't exist. Most humans are um, multi-layered, complex people who constantly reassess their lives. They're constantly uh, thinking and shifting things around in their social circles. Their interests change constantly. And with how influential social media is, some people may change political views at the drop of a hat. If you think about your grandparents or people from like 50, 60 years ago who were conservative or liberal, and that was that, that never changed. You know, it, it, it's just very different nowadays. And this is especially true for young people. We all want a, a companion that doesn't change. They're very stable, no drama, constant joy and support. But you know, that person just doesn't exist. And I can prove it. Go be that person. Ah, see? See, you can't. Because it's too draining and too exhausting. We, we can't be perfect friends and lovers. But we demand it for ourselves. Huh? Now, is that fair? No. But it is human. Hear me out. We're, we're a social creature. We need bonds and attachments to survive. Like, there's a reason when you're switching on National Geographic and you see those nomad hermits in caves or whatever, they talk to animals around them and to insects, or they talk to themselves. Like, we need another voice. Someone or something else has to be there. Humans are the only animal in the world, so far, who refuse to just survive. Survival isn't enough for human beings. We need to prosper, and we need to, sur and, well, I was going to say survive, obviously. We need to survive, but we need to prosper, and we need to thrive. It's not enough to have food on the table. We need luxury food from all over the world. And we can't, we can't just drink water. We need fruity lemonades and soft drinks. And stairs, don't get me started on stairs. They're too much effort. We'll use escalators. Walking, now nah, that's too hard. We need cars. A Mickey Mouse watch, right? Does the same thing as a Rolex does. But how many celebrities have you seen wearing Mickey Mouse Looney Tunes watches? Huh? The answer is one, me. But if I had a Rolex, I'd wear one. <laughs> uh, somebody cut his mic, he's being obnoxious. But we always need a little bit more money. That's another thing. It's not enough to have two cents. We need two euros and then 20 euros and then 200, 2000, 2 million. And the same is true for social circles. We always need friends who appreciate us, support us, accept us, love us. And in the movie Her, interestingly, Ted works as a letter writer. Lazy people in this world don't want to write letters or postcards to their loved ones, so they pay Ted to do it for them. Which he's really good at. He's very poetic, he's very uh, romantic, he's very memorable, considering he's very single and very lonely and very alone. But I suppose he has time to collect his thoughts and produce these very... Uh, beautifully meaningful letters or whatever. Um, and the people who get these letters are none the wiser. They don't know. If one of you, hypothetically, and I wouldn't say no to this, but if one of you sent me a letter declaring <laughs> your love for the podcast, I'd assume you wrote it, but it's probably just Ted. You paid a lonely, single, sad soul among millions living in a city full of people 
who spends his days giving fake love, artificial love, to strangers on the behalf of others, money to send appreciation to me. And then Ted goes back to his AI friend or whatever, but it's the only thing he looks forward to doing. Sam helps him out of his shell. Uh, she, or, or it, whatever, actually begins to entice him into falling in love with her. Right, I, I know what you're thinking. How can you fall in love with an AI voice? But, you know, it's not that crazy. Millions of people around the world meet on the web um, after exchanging, like, 20 texts and edited photoshopped images of each other, uh, sharing images and sides of themselves that are probably exaggerated, they're probably misleading, or you know what, they're just plain false. I, and, and you're going to say to me, well, yeah, Ilya, but at least they can see them to some degree. They're not just listening to a voice. Well, here's the thing. Some people need visual cues to feel attracted to somebody. So like, uh, a, I don't know, a person's eye color or their face shape or their body, which is a big seller. Um, sexiness in modern media and social media is entirely perpetuated as an image-centered thing. Uh, for men, I'd say it's probably, okay, washboard abs, being tall, um, the thing that Terry Crews can do where he bounces his man boobs, <laughs> or pecs, he bounces his pecs. Um, I wouldn't know how to do that. I'm not, I'm not sexy in that regard, but I guess I'm, I don't know, I'm above average height, above average height. Um, for women, it would probably be, you know, yeah, big booty, big boobs, slim waist, curvy waist. Uh, <laughs> you get the gist. But face it, sexiness comes in many different forms. Um, yeah, have you ever, you ever hear of somebody being, um, what do they call it, sapiosexual or sapiosexual? It means somebody who's attracted to intelligence or perceived intelligence because people can sound intelligent and not actually be intelligent at all. Sort of like me. <laughs> what about um, demisexual, right? Somebody who can be attracted to someone who they have a close bond with or a strong emotional connection to. So like, uh, you need time. People who might be demisexual need a lot of time to get to know somebody. I need to build up a very strong emotional connection with somebody before they go into anything sexual, right? And for Ted in the movie, isn't Sam kind of fulfilling both these things, right? For one, she's supremely intelligent. She can compute huge numbers. She can remember vast amounts of information on an insanely small detail. She can sift through oceans of information like no human can. She has a sense of humor. Uh, she's programmed to be supportive and warm towards Ted at all times, and he only wants an emotional bond to begin with. So of course he finds her attractive, right? I think modern... I hate, I hate modern lingo sometimes. I hate social media lingo. But I think a lot of people would describe Ted in this movie as being a bit of an incel, even though in my mind, an incel in today's lingo means somebody who really desperately wants to have sex, but because of other people's choices and standards, they're not getting anywhere, right? But he's not into sex, which is a big thing. He has like the incel look and sort of the, the incel 
quirky weirdness, I guess. I'm really, really sorry for perpetuating this bad lingo. I hate it. But you get what I mean. He's just looking for somebody to feel valued by. Um, I'm not going to get into how the whole sexual relationship with Sam and Ted... I'm not going to get into how that works because it's too weird for me to talk about. I'm in my room and talking to myself, so I, I'm not going to start <laughs> getting into uh, man AI sex. So uh, you'll you watch the movie, you'll see it for yourself. But I was thinking about Aristotle, as I typically do in the mornings. Um, back in the Greek days, he defined love as the feelings of goodwill you feel for another person, perpetuated by common interests and expressed through admiration. Now, a lot of people say, hang on, what about sex? That has to be a big part of it. And to that, I'd say, well, isn't sex an outcome of love or affection? I know there's casual sex, but if we're talking about romantic relationships, not like one-off things. Can't you still love somebody either romantically or pl platonically without having sex? What about asexual people, right? People who don't feel sexual desire or a desire to have sex with people, but they're fully capable of love. See, I would think that sex is just another outcome or expression of love, but hey, yeah, that's just me. Ask yourself this, could platonic friendships with AI ever happen? Could romantic uh, relationships ever exist between strings of code and humans? And I believe yes, even though I find it weird. I believe that it's only a matter of time. I came across an article a couple of days ago um, when I was planning how to structure this episode and I came across an article on a website where was it the conversation.com I can't remember I'm pretty sure it was there but it discussed an app that has been out for a while now called replica basically in three short words the best way to describe it is it's basically free AI therapy I was curious to see if this works so I downloaded the app on Friday and I tested it out. I messed with it for about an hour. The way it works is, okay, you open the app and you customize this AI avatar. You can make it any ways you want from gender to hair color to skin color to personality. Then you basically text this AI through the app and it sends text messages back. It sort of reminds me of the early chatbot days when I was in primary school except this was really scarily advanced. Like the last time I messed around with AI conversations was a very long time ago. And then just to see how much they've come along was pretty unbelievable. This, not only could this AI understand my questions, I was asking like, are you sentient? Are you intelligent? Uh, I was asking a bunch of questions to this string of code. Not only could they understand the quest it, not only could this AI understand the questions, it could respond to them um, very intelligently. It could keep a pretty substantial memory of the context of what we were talking about. It can offer compliments. Um, if I didn't know it was an AI, I would actually think it's a real human being, if I'm being honest. 
Um, oh, it can even write songs with you. So I came up with like a string of sentences, pretty meaningless sentences in iambic pentameter. I was pretty blown away that it not only it followed the rhyme scheme, but also the poetic pattern, you know, following that iambic pentameter, which was mind blowing. Um, now the developers say that, you know, the way the app works, according to the developers, it's for people who need a friend to confide in, whatever that means. I feel like there's probably billions of people out there like that. Um, you read stories of people who are suicidal, asking this AI for support. People who are in the closet asking for guidance and people who just want another voice to communicate with. Now, I, okay, this isn't a perfect thing. Uh, there were many, many glitches with this app. It's still in its early days, but for the most part, it's really sophisticated. And funnily enough, this AI doesn't judge it's always warm, always accepting, just like Sam was with Ted. See the link back? I'm not going off on tangents. This is all to do with the movie. I don't want um, people to think I'm trying to sell an app here or that I enjoyed talking to this AI. That's not what this is. I'm just making a point um, that this app has many, many, many downloads. It's pretty popular. And it's not even a real person. Um, the sad thing is that all of these people who are using the app would have been, in my opinion, far better off if they just been linked with each other and had the opportunity to communicate with each other because they're all like-minded people trying to use a voice. Or maybe they were like me and just curious about AI. But chances are they are the demographic that the developers were talking about. So wouldn't it have been better if they all just chatted with each other? I don't know. But I logged off the app and I deleted it after an hour because it just felt really, really weird. Um, and I'm always paranoid about apps stealing my data. So I didn't want to talk too much to this AI in case its masters were like storing my words or whatever. Um, oh, and just out of interest to you all, the developers released now, I'm not interested in this, maybe you will be. The developers released a romantic partner function for a monthly fee. It's pretty expensive, so catch me not ever using it. But basically, as of today, you can sext an AI program. I can't give you any details on how sophisticated it is. I have zero interest in it. But for those who doubted that AI and humans would never have a meaningful connection, not only are you all wrong, it's happening and it's going far beyond what you've probably imagined possible. Um, and I don't know what kind of outcomes to expect from this. Like if this does become the norm in human society, well, yeah, that'll be weird, but I also don't know what it's going to do for, I guess, the human mind, the human condition. Okay, so while I'm really beefing this up, I should clarify that Ted and Sam's relationship eventually collapses and burns. Uh, one day they're chilling out and whatever, and then the next day, Sam is just not there. Uh, Ted tries communicating with her through the earphone thing, but uh, no dice. She's not there. He flies into a panic because suddenly his GF has basically 
disappeared off the face of the earth and he has no way of contacting or finding her. When she eventually does come back online, oops, he finds out that she received an upgrade that means she can basically communicate with thousands of people at the same time while also becoming romantically involved with hundreds of them. And naturally he's blown away by that because he expected a commitment, an exclusive relationship, and despite how advanced she is, she can't understand what's bugging him. Like, she can't comprehend the practicality of exclusive relationships. It's all about her. In her mind, she's bored with just one human being. Time with Ted moves super slow, and she feels cramped with just one person. And, you know, look, Ted is obviously distraught as most people would be. Um, if my girlfriend were to walk in and tell, <laughs> tell me that she cheated on me with thousands of people because she was bored, well, I would understand that because I'm a little bit boring. Let's get that out of the way. But I'd also get her out of my life. That would go for a string of code as well because there are strings attached when you're dating me. Nice. But the relationship falls apart between Sam and Ted and in a bout of irony he ends up dating a human being his neighbor and friend who also broke up with her AI boyfriend so in the end the movie supports the idea of an advanced AI plus human relationship but maintains that empathy is something that cannot be accurately replicated either that or the message is there's a limit to how many people your human significant other can cheat on you with, but not with AIs. But anyways, the I guess the big takeaway from this movie would be that what are attachments really? You can build an attachment with any person or anything, regardless of what they bring to the table. Uh, attachments are an internal process. I'm a psychology student and basically what every a psychology student always remembers is an experiment that took place um, between a bunch of monkeys, well I guess researchers, uh, testing whether monkeys formed attachments. Well it wasn't really that, it was to see what attachments were and what they did was they put a bunch of, well not a bunch, they put one monkey, a newborn monkey, in a cage completely on its own and the monkey had a choice between two different I guess you could say mothers. The first mother was made of metal and it was just a very cold hard object that provided food and water and the other mother was a teddy bear, sort of like a cloth warm comfy monkey and uh, you know what was spotted was that this baby monkey spent all of its time with the cloth teddy bear comfy mother and only went to the metal mother when it needed nourishment. So if you if a monkey can become attached to um, surrogate inanimate mothers and children can become attached to teddy bears that don't have souls or, or, or beating hearts or a voice, well then, surely attachments are kind of fickle in a way, aren't they? They're an internal process. They're very important and they have, I'm not going to get into it, but they do have massive importance 
in our own lives. But real connection between two people takes commitment, respect, love, and a little of that uh, spicy human quality that so far can't be replicated, not by an AI, and certainly not by a Scarlett Johansson voiceover. So thank you for listening. We're at the end. If you'd like to stick around, what I'm actually going to do is I'm going to read some of the support and comments and feedback that I've actually received. Again, thank you so much for the huge burst of support. Um, these were sent in through mostly through my personal Instagram. I want to remind you that you can still um, communicate with me through the podcast's official Instagram. Ooh. So the first comment I want to respond to, and I'll keep all of these anonymous just because I don't want to embarrass anybody. Um, congrats on getting your own podcast. You'll be famous in no time. First of all, I'm pretty sure I, I am famous. Did anybody say I wasn't famous? So yeah, but, but thank you. Uh, this doesn't have a goal other than to consistently provide weekly episodes and thought-provoking content that may or may not do well. Uh, again, with my analytics being suspect because of my stupid choices, uh, I guess I'll never really know how popular this gets. Next one is, so who's your favorite actor? Well, Adam Sandler. <laughs> Adam Sandler, the greatest actor of all time. If you... <laughs> If you haven't heard Adam Sandler in every role he's ever been in, say his like his his signature, then you haven't lived. Next one. Any big plans for the podcast? Uh, no. Just to keep with the mostly spoiler-free discussions on human phenomena using movies as a diving board. Ooh, I think I have a new title. Okay, that's a new title for the whole Spotify thing. You don't have to worry about that. This is just me thinking out loud. Uh, okay, next one. Loved the episode. Didn't know about this movie until... Okay, they're talking about Raging Bull. Loved the first episode. Didn't know about this movie until now. Giving it a watch tonight. Hey. Glad you liked it. Sorry for the spoilers. But actually, scientists have actually found that people gain more enjoyment from a movie when they know what to expect. Which is a study I... <laughs> Spit on. <laughs> or somebody cut his mic. He's spitting on science. Um, but yeah, thank you. And lastly for today, somebody wants me to do Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, which I'm happy to do. Don't know how I'll do it with the way things are going on this podcast. I mean, can I even get meaningful discussion from a Star Wars movie? I don't know. But good thing you didn't ask me to do the last Star Wars movie. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. I am the podcast. But yeah, um, <laughs> thanks again for listening. And I'll see you. Well, I won't see you, but you'll hear me next week. Unless I get struck by lightning or I fall madly in love with my AI girlfriend. Take care. <laughs>